Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. want to thank everybody for joining us today again. We are just absolutely humbled by the... There you are, Marley. Thank you for joining us, buddy. I am absolutely humbled by the amount of people that are following us, that are commenting, that are watching us and uh, listening to us on Spotify and Apple and uh, Megaphone. It's absolutely incredible to me. The numbers are mind-boggling. We've gone up over 400% on Spotify, 600% on Apple Podcasts. And uh, right now on Facebook, we've gone up 1,141% compared to last month. This is absolutely incredible to Kelly and I and Marley. So I just want to thank everybody again. Thank you very much. Today is Text the Show Wednesday. You can text Captain Dave. You can ask me any question you want. If I don't know the answer, I'll make up an answer that sounds super intelligent, that I actually sounds like I actually know what I'm talking about. I'm very, very good at that. So if you have any questions at all, feel free to text the show at 949-374-0786. Those of you that don't know, that is my rescue monkey. That is Marley. He's right here. He's just hanging out right next to me. That is Marley, the rescue monkey. He is very, very big part of our family. And uh, you'll see him throughout all of my shows. He's always dancing around in the background. He's right here next to me, right on my shoulder here right now, just sitting right there, running around. He just had some uh, mango, so he's all excited. And uh, gang, I just want to let you know that, that yesterday, the show, talking about sea lions, the amount of people that watch that and the amount of comments, is it's definitely a hot subject. There's definitely a lot of people that, want to know why these sea lions are more protected than human beings. And that's a huge question I would like to know, too. That's a huge question. How did this happen? How is a California sea lion more important than my granddaughter? I, I just don't get it. I, it just it's never going to make sense to me. I'm going to talk about it till my head falls off. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Although anybody on the inside, on the upper echelon of this fishing thing they are terrified of that word sea lion because the opposition is super 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 well funded the opposition is more well funded than you can even comprehend you can't imagine and i don't understand how california sea lions became so important and such a driving force and the amount of money that is made by these organizations that are saving the California sea lion, it's absolutely staggering. Why we let people starve to death, we let people not get medication, we let all these crazy things happen, but we have no problem giving money to the California sea lions. It just absolutely blows my mind. Thank you, Mason from Oklahoma. Yeah, I am amazed at how many people we touch on this podcast every day. I just had lunch day before yesterday with Kevin Monday, 
He has been watching us for a very, very long time up in Northern California. He came down here on a cruise ship, called me up. I'm 10 minutes from the marina, jumped in my car, ran down and have, had lunch with him and his family. Never met the man before in my life. Very, very humbled by all this. And thank you all very, very much. Gang, don't forget, you want to download my app if you uh, enjoy all the information I share on a daily basis with you Monday through Friday during this podcast. If you want to have all this at your fingertips, if you want to see all the shows, if you want to be involved, go to my uh, go to the App Store, Google Play Store or the App Store and download your saltwater guide, gang. It's super easy. It's quick. It will take you no time at all. I think like at the show, people were downloading the app in less than 10 seconds. Uh, that's I know that's a long time for a lot of you. Hit that QR code right there and you can grab that app really quick and easy. I'll take you right to the website. You can sign right up for the for our beautiful website and our app. Just grab that QR code because I'm not going to leave it up there very long. Just hit it with your phone. Grab it. Hit your camera. Hit that QR code and grab that and get start being a part of it. Again, if you have any questions at all, feel free to text the show at 949 374 0786. I'll do my very, very best to try to answer everybody's questions as they come in. And then what we're going to do today, Kelly just texted me and said, let's give away another shirt. So one lucky texter today is going to win a shirt. And we have our very first question here. My good buddy, Dave Burris. I love you, Dave. Miss you. It was fun hanging out with you at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. But, uh, Question, how did Captain Dave get into fishing? It's a long ways into this fishing. I don't understand, Dave. But I'll tell you again, those of you that don't know who I am, my father is Don Hansen. God rest his soul. Dana Point Harbor, when you pull into the harbor, it's named after my father. I've been in the industry for 47 years. My father's been in the industry, was in the industry since 1947. My family owns a bunch of sport boats in Dana Point Harbor. And uh, I was just blessed to have a father like my dad who took me fishing when I was three years old for the very first time that got me into it. And my mom, I don't know if you guys save stuff from your children, but my mom used to, uh, oh, there you go, fly fishing. Thanks, Dave. I'll talk about that in a minute. My mom used to write down what do you want to be when you grow up in a book when we were kids. And every year she would ask. And every year I would say, I want to be a captain like my father. So that's what I did. I became a captain at a very young age. And uh, I've been lucky enough to fish for a living for 48 years. And now what I do is I pass on all the information that I gathered over all the years to everybody that wants to listen in. We've built up one heck of an audience. I am very, very proud of the audience that I've built. And I'm very, very happy to try to give every one of you as much information as I possibly can. And I know, just like in all these videos with all these people telling me I don't know how to tie up a boat and I don't know how to do this and I don't know how to do that. I know there's a lot of you out there that know way more about all of this than I ever, ever, ever will. And I understand that. And I really appreciate all your comments because like I said, I only started, I'm very, very young in the industry. I started fishing for a living in 1976. So I know I don't know what all of you know. I'm just trying to pass on the tiny bit of information I gathered over the last 48 years. 
So Dave Burris asked me, how, how did I get into fly fishing? Well, the very first time I ever went fly fishing was with my good friend, Jay Bush. He lives down here in Cabo with me now, but him and I started fly fishing together in the 90s. And I'll tell you what, I like to be successful when I go fishing. That fly fishing thing was a big curve that I had no idea how to do. And I remember my very first trout I caught was smaller than an anchovy. But I was so proud of myself that I finally got a trout on the fly and then I was hooked. And then that's my zen. I like to sit here in my office when I don't have anything to do and tie a few flies. And then I love to get up there to the Sierras. Kelly, Kelly and I's favorite place to go is Lee Vining. Go up there, stay in the cabins and leave binding and then go fish, fly fish. I love it. It's it's one of my zens, one of my passions. So uh, thank you, Dave, for asking that. I got Now I got some questions. All I had to do was Kelly had to offer up that shirt. Why do they say bananas are bad luck? And the reason why was back in the olden days when the boats would, this is what I was told anyway, Matt. Thank you for the question. Back in the old days when the boats were sailing boats, they used to sail across. And the boats that had the bananas in the hull, they always seemed to have the most problems. They always seemed to run into the worst weather. They always seemed to run into the, the biggest problems and boats sank and all that stuff. So that became, this is what I was told. So that became kind of the thing when they would send ships across the ocean, they would always say, Oh, guys would go, I'm not going on the one with the bananas. I'm not going on the banana boat. I'm not going near that banana boat. The crews didn't want to work on the boats that were carrying bananas. Nobody wanted anything to do with the boats that were carrying bananas. That's what I was told when I was a kid. It's probably the farthest thing from the truth, but that's the story I've always told. It was because the boats that were carrying the bananas seemed to have the worst problems, the most problems with the... Uh, the most problems with all of the things that go on on a boat when you had bananas on there. So that's the answer I got for that. Captain Dave, I'm waiting to build a tuna rod, 50 to 100 pound. One, one, what length of rod blank should I buy? Well, that's a great question for my good buddy, Dave Burris. He's a rod building expert. I am a rod. I'm a fisher fishing expert in my own mind, but... As far as rods go, I'm not real adept on that, but Dave Burris is the man. You can uh, text me again, or I'll, I'll just, I'm going to send you Dave. I'm not going to give it everybody. I'm, I'm going to send you Dave Burris's phone number and you can send Dave a message and he'll tell you all about, he is an ex, he's built Kelly on I, both rods. He's an expert rod builder, expert rod wrapper. And he knows the ins and outs. So there's his number. I just sent it to you. So go give him a text message and see what he thinks. And I didn't get your name. I don't see it anywhere on the old text or anything. So whoever you are that just asked that question about the rods, please text me your name. All right. Darren from sunny, warm Southern California. Do you have a preferred recommend defend descending device? Any certain company or style? No, I don't. I don't really have a name. Or I know that a few of the landings are carrying them. I know my sister has some descending devices. Mason, thank you. A few of my the landings are carrying them, Darren. My sister has some descending devices. I will send you a couple of text messages of what they're using, and I will let you know. 
because I'm not really positive the names of them, but I know that they work and I'll, I'll get you those because you're one of my buddies and I will take care of that for you. Okay. And Mike Lewis, my good friend, Justin, that you met at the show. And now you guys are buddies. He's making a really cool video. He bought the, the net I was talking to you about on how to catch the bait at the dock, jack smelt, grunion and stuff like that. So he's making that cool video for us, but he keep, you keep your boat Westport Marina and Oxnard and mostly go out to the Channel Islands. What do you think would be the best all-around place to keep a boat for the closest access to the most amount of fishing? Well, here's what I always say, Mike Lewis. And first of all, I'm partial to Dana Point because the harbor's named after my father. Okay? But like I tell all of our members and I tell anybody that will listen to me, why is Dana Point such a sought-after place? First of all, from the launch ramp to the ocean is less than five minutes. And from the launch ramp to the ocean, you could be fishing in 10 minutes from the launch ramp. I don't know about you, but when I go fishing, it's all about time on water. I don't like spending an hour driving through Newport Harbor from the launch ramp back there at the dunes. San Diego Harbor I know the lure of San Diego is, oh, they catch lots of tuna down there. Ooh. Yeah, if I'm going to go on a sport boat on a long range trip or go on a day and a half or something, I'm going to go down there. But if I'm going to go on my private boat, the last place I want to go is San Diego because normally just to get out of the harbor is 45 minutes from most launch ramps. Shelter Island launch ramp, yeah, I understand. It's a half an hour to the ocean. Now, if you're driving at 60 knots, yeah, you're going to get there in 10 minutes to the ocean. I understand that. But to think about it, it's a very, very long run to get out there. Now, if you're in San Diego, L.A., or Newport, when you get off the freeway, you have a phenomenal drive through city streets towing your boat. Yep. Shelter Island, same thing. You have a phenomenal ride through city streets, towing your boat. No, thank you. It's not fun for me. I don't like that. It's not a good time. Too many turns. Too many things could happen. Too much bad stuff can happen. Plus, you got all those booger eaters on the street that don't watch out for the boat being trailered. I'm just saying, Dana Point, you come off the five freeway. It's a giant off-ramp. You make one stop in front of Carl's Jr. at the signal. Then you proceed through that signal to Dana Point Harbor Drive and make a giant left-hand turn from two lanes. Then you got one signal, and then the next turn is into the launch ramp, which is a giant launch ramp. Now, I know there's a lot of crybabies out there that are, oh, they took half the parking lot. Okay, so... Drive to L.A. and launch your boat because they took out the parking lot. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? So Dana Point would be the place, if you could keep your boat anywhere on the planet, Dana Point. From the dock, from the very farthest dock back in the very back, Mike, it's going to take you eight minutes to get to the ocean from the furthest back dock, unless you're a full booger eater and you can't drive through a harbor. Dana Point's the very best harbor on the coast. That's why there's a 30-year waiting list to get in there. But they raised the rent like 150%.
So that took care of all this. A lot of the crybabies have gone now. So I don't think it's going to be that long of a wait. But why is it? Why was there a 30-year waiting list? Because it's the very best harbor in California, bar none. Best weather, best best uh, location to the ocean. And then you got the Everingham, the Everingham Brothers Bait Company, which is a phenomenal bait company. And you got to go buy their bait barge to get into the ocean. So that's the best harbor. And then everything else falls in behind it. Oceanside Harbor. And I do this on, a, on one of my... Uh, uh, Seminars when I go to the Oceanside Angling Club down there. Oceanside Harbor, probably one of the most scariest harbors to fish out of. Plus, they sell bait. Listen to this. They sell bait from 5.45 in the morning to 6.47 in the morning. Yeah, they don't sell bait very long. Sometimes the bait barge open for an hour. Maybe on really good days, James will have it open for two hours. But it's very, very rarely is it open for any amount of time because they don't have a lot of boats in there. There's, it doesn't make sense to have a person working there all the time. So yeah. And Alan just said, and the ride back, let's just, okay. Coming out of Dana point, want to go to Catalina? All right. Here's what you're going to do. First thing you're going to do is run across the 267. Then you're going to run across the inside Southeast corner of uh, the 14 mile bank. Then you're going to run across the Avalon bank. Then you're going to get to Catalina. If not, you're going to go south. You're going to go 267, 209, 180, or excuse me, 289, and then San Clemente Island. So you're going to go across so many banks. And then at the end of the day, if you're fishing Catalina, the ride home is absolutely incredible because it's straight downhill so it's just a win 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 all the way around dana point and then at the end of the day let's just say your boat is in the harbor in dana point and when the day is over and you get done cleaning your boat you get in your car and in five minutes you're on the five freeway and you're headed home any of the other places you're halfway home out of dana point before you even get on the freeway in San Diego or LA and forget about Newport. Have you ever been there? Holy moly guacamole. That's going to take you forever just to get anywhere. Okay. We got a lot of questions now. I cannot believe this. How many questions? My goodness. Tim, when rock fishing, how long do you make your loops on the dropper loop? Okay. Well, the very, you already have the rock cod squirts. I saw you, you sent a picture of them to me. So you already have the rock cod squirts. So that's good. But when I make my loops for my dropper loops that I tie, I make it very, very big. I make it so that when I have the loop, the loop's probably three or four inches. And then I clip it and it makes it a six inch piece of line coming off of there or a five inch piece. Then I tie my hook to it. And then I'll have one about 12 inches above the weight. And then the other one, probably another 12 inches above that. So the two hooks don't get tangled up together. And that's how I tie mine. And if you don't know any of it, Tim already knows because he's a member of the website. But over on our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, we have a phenomenal amount of videos to teach you exactly how to do everything. Hit that QR code right there, gang. You get my app. Gang, I'm the only guy that fished for a living his whole life. 
that took 20,000 US dollars out of my bank account and built an app. Why did I do that? For you guys, so that it'd be more convenient so that you can have an app available to you right on your phone because you're going to look at your phone anyway. Might as well get to look at my app and see the cool community that we're building with all the members that are super kind and sharing everything and no negativity. Check out my app, gang. Don't be afraid. Download my app. Go to the, grab that QR code, download my app, then go and load it up on your phone and never suck at fishing again unless you want to. So we got a lot of more questions, a lot, a lot of more questions. And gang, please do not forget Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. They are a huge sponsor of our show. You're going to drink coffee every morning anyway. You might as well drink the best coffee on the planet. Made for fishermen by fishermen. Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. Check them out. They have a really cool website. Shows you exactly what's going on. Exactly where their coffee comes from. Exactly how they make their coffee. And you get 15% off of your order of your coffee. They got some cool swag. They got some cool coffee cups. They got some cool t-shirts. They got some cool stuff over there. And it just because you're watching me and you're part of your saltwater guide, you put the code YSWG and the number 15 in. When you're done ordering your coffee, you're going to save 15%. They're going to ship it straight to your house. And this is a local company. These, these guys are out of San Diego. They're local. You can't get any better than that. Let's support the local businesses. Let's support our friends. Let's support our our, our members, our buddies, let's support local family-owned businesses, gang. Let's do that. That's what I'm talking about. Hit that QR code and check out Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. Please check them out, gang. You will not be disappointed. It's the coffee Kelly and I drink every morning. And if you were at the PCS show, you saw their coffee. You tasted their coffee. They were giving out samples of the coffee at the PCS show. It was pretty incredible. So check that out, and let's see. We got another question. Josh from Iowa. I like to make mackerel at the dock before I head over to Catalina. When should I expect to see Max back at the dock? Okay, well, first of all, Josh, and this is something I use all the time, you, you don't make mackerel. I don't make mackerel. The higher power makes mackerel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to have, throw a little humor on everything. But mackerel at the dock... I was just talking to my good buddy, Justin. He's got a lot of barracuda at his dock in, in Long Beach Harbor. I think as this water starts to clean up, I think the big reason why you're not seeing them is because of that phenomenal amount of runoff we just had. I mean, it really made the harbors gross and, and, and uh, super dirty, which probably kept those mackerel out. But I think you're going to start to see them come back. If we can have some consistent weather for the next couple of weeks and not have any more rain and not have any more runoff, I think you're going to get to start seeing those mackerel back at the at your dock. But I hear that there's already mackerel at some of the bait barges up and down the coast. So it's just a matter of time, a matter of that water staying clean. And then you can get out in front of it. You got a good chance of uh, getting some mackerel at your dock. Okay, here we go. I got another question from Aaron from Ventura. Which one of the Channel Islands has the best rock fishing for someone out of Ventura Harbor. Hey, I'm just putting together the game plan. Aaron, I don't know. Are you a member? Text me right now. Are you a member of my website? And if you're not, why? Why do you want to try to figure this out on your own? 
but I'm given the game plan for tomorrow is going to talk a lot about Santa Rosa Island because this weekend is the first time you're going to have a really good shot of fishing Santa Rosa. If you could get to San Miguel, I wouldn't go there this weekend though. There's still a lot of wind out there, but Santa Rosa is going to be very, very good. Those islands are phenomenal. And what I suggest is if you're going to go out to Santa Rosa this weekend is fish live mackerel. Because if we're running all the way out there, we want to catch some big ling cod. That's what lives out there. Big lings in shallow water, 60 feet of water, 50 feet of water, 100 feet of water, game on. You got reds and you got ling cod. But live mackerel is going to change how you would go about fishing that place. So as far as I'm concerned, San Miguel and Santa Rosa are the two best. But all the islands fish really good. But if you can get to Rosa and you can this weekend, that's where I would go. And if you're not a member of my website, you need to be a member. Gang, anybody that fishes every single day, why would you not want to gather as much information as you can? I never leave the dock without all the information I could possibly have. And that's what I provide you over at my website, your saltwater guide. So get as much information as you can and be ready. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you very, very much. A descending device product company is C Equalizer. So there you go, Darren. Check out C Equalizer. And uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you. Thank you very much for throwing that out there. Okay. Dan and Kim. We talked about you guys yesterday. I don't know if you listened listen to that on the show or not. No, I know you did. But, uh-oh. Uh I just lost your message. There it is. Beautiful. With all the beautiful boats you have run and cared for, what is your favorite wax for polishing the hull and the top side? Well, 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 let's be perfectly honest. I didn't wax a lot of boats. <laughs> we got people for that. But Maguire is what I see a lot of the guys using in the marina. Maguire seems to be a really good product. It stands up really, really well. And that's what we used on, on the Wild and Sack and on the Mercedes. We used that Maguire. It works really well. It holds up to the sun. Because down here, we have heat like you can't even believe that melts the wax off the boat. So it's a constant battle to keep as much wax on as we possibly can. So we're using that Maguire's. And then what I did on that Mercedes is we ended up putting that up. Uh, it's like almost like eggshell coating over it. And uh, I can send you guys my buddy that does that. And, and the coating is incredible. And then that helped us out phenomenal with the waxing part of the boat. Because once we put that coating on, it held up like crazy and the sun didn't melt it off. So that's what I got for you. Matt Ryan, we got another question from you. Is there a way to keep out... What kind of bait from each barge has before trailering my boat to the nearest launch ramp? Or is it just to find out when you get there? Well, here's the thing. Even as sport boat captains running a sport boat every day, normally when there's fish to catch, Matt, the bait boat's out fishing every single night. So every single night they're catching the bait. And so to try to figure out what they have in the barge this time of year, it's easy. You can go on websites like Fish Dope and sometimes over at 976 Tuna, they have the bait report. But Fish Dope has a bait report all the time. And you can go over there and see what they have in the receivers. 
because no one's really selling much bait right now. So fish dope's where I go and I look to see what kind of bait they have in the barges or I call Nacho or I call Mike up at San Pedro Bay, Dana Point Bait Barge, San Diego Bait Barge. They're all listed over there on fish dope and that's how I get most of my information on what kind of bait's going on. But also I have a direct line for those guys. And I try to put the bait reports on our website as much as I possibly can, Matt. But I am so excited about fishing most of the time and sharing what I've learned when I'm putting out those game plans, sometimes I forget to tell you what the bait is at the barge and I apologize and I'll try to stay more on to that as we move forward, keeping the, the game, the game plans. I'll try to be more proactive on what type of bait is in the barge. That's a great question, Matt. And I will try to stay on that as much as I can. All right. We got Carl from San Diego. Does current and wind direction matter when fishing rockfish in 150 feet of water? Absolutely. Because of the fact that it's going to change the which direction you drift or it's going to change the speed on which you drift. So yeah, that wind and that current is a huge factor when fishing for rockfish. That's why I don't like to do it when the wind's blowing, if I'm on my own private boat. If the wind's blowing at all, I'll just kind of stick onto the beach or maybe go fish the artificial reefs and try to figure something out. But if I'm going to rockfish, I'm going to hit it early in the morning before there's any type of wind. So at least I only have to deal with the current. And I can figure that out once I get there. Because I, like I say on my videos on how to fish rockfish, you want to make sure you have your tracker on your GPS on. The track line, have that on. Erase all the old tracks. I don't know why people save them. It's ridiculous to me. And I fish every single day for a living. And there's nothing I... There's no reason to save the track lines. I, when I'm out for the day, absolutely. But when I'm done with the day, goodbye track lines. Because I mark everywhere I catch a fish, constantly marking it. But I don't need to see how I drove there. But when I get to where I'm fishing, absolutely, especially rockfish fishing, I have that track line on and I'm watching which way I'm drifting. Because in my mind, I think I'm going to drift from uh, north to south. But when it actually happens, sometimes you drift straight out to sea. Sometimes you drift straight in. So it's imperative to have that track line on on your GPS when you're fishing rockfish to see which way you're drifting. And then you can try to figure out, give yourself a little bit longer on the spot if you lead it a little bit. Let's say you're drifting 180 degrees when you stop. So you're going to want to run zero go zero about a four or five boat lengths past the spot, stop, and that way you'll drift back over the spot. And these things all matter, and they matter tremendously. And thank you for that question. That's a great question, Carl, and I appreciate it. Okay, we've got another question here. What, this is what I thought to look like for squid on the bottom. Can you confirm? Yeah, I'm trying to show you guys what he's looking at there. That, that fuzz on the bottom, that may be squid. If you're driving along and you're just seeing fuzz forever, no. If you're going to see big balls of that fuzz as you're driving along, yes. That look, and to me, on the middle of the screen, that looks like a sea lion swimming by. It might have been a big fish, but to me, it looks like there's a sea lion underneath the boat. That stuff on the bottom, if you're anchored up and you put your squid light over, and that stuff doesn't start to multiply and start to get thicker and thicker, then it's probably not squid. It's probably just maybe some 
some uh, jellyfish or something laying on the bottom, but it isn't real. What happens when you hit it with the light at night, that blue line right above the bottom there, that's going to start to grow and start to get bigger and start to be more uh, activated to the light. And you can tell right away if it's squid or not by how it activates to the light. It, squid's going to activate to the light because that's where it's going to go to spawn. It's going to come up underneath that light to spawn. So that's what you're going to want to kind of look for. That's what you're going to kind of want to look at. And you're going to want to kind of be uh, cognizant of what's going on underneath your boat. Once you turn on your squid light and once you start to um, see it start to build up under the boat, you got a good chance. And then you just got to keep looking. You got to keep staring at the water. And then all of a sudden, two or three or four or five squids will charge the light. And then you go, okay, good. It's squid. But if you look down and you're looking as deep as you can and I hang my head over, I'm looking as deep as I can and I'm starting to see fin bait. Then I'm like, OK, so this is fin bait. This isn't squid. I got to get out of here. I got to go look around. I got to go find somewhere where it's squid. A lot of times if you've got some squid and then all of a sudden some mackerel or some sardines will come and cover up the squid. That squid, a lot of times if it's not a big, giant uh what do you call it? A big giant biomass of squid. Thank you. Big biomass of squid. Then it might not be able to penetrate through the uh, fin bait. But if it's a big biomass, it's coming straight through it. It's going to come right through it and uh, push that fin bait right out of the way. Because I don't know if you've ever spawned, but when you, when the squid's in a spawning mode, it doesn't care what's around or what's going to happen. It's spawning. It's pushing anything and everything out of the way. Kind of like when I was younger and I would spawn, I would do the same thing. Get out of the way. I'm spawning right now. Sorry about that. But that's the, yes, yes. That Mike Lewis, thank you. Yeah, Dan and Kim, the ceramic coat. Thank you. I don't know, Mike. Sometimes my head just, it's like a sieve. Remember the 70s were gnarly on me? But that ceramic coating, Dan, it's a big investment in the beginning. I'll give you Francisco's phone number. It's a big investment, but then all of a sudden you don't have to wax the boat anymore and everything just falls off. You can take, take a, a microfiber rag and you just wipe the boat off. It's a big investment to begin with, but if you think about how much you spend waxing and time and the time that it takes to wax, you're going to you're going to be blown away by the ceramic coating and it is really, really good. And it works very, very well. Gang, we got a few, we got about 15 more minutes. If you have any more questions, you want to text them into me, 949-374-0786. Those of you that have been watching, sitting on the edge and you don't want, oh, I don't know if Dave will answer my, I'll answer every single question, gang, and I'll do it to the very best of my ability. Remember, I've been doing this for a living since 1976. I have a half a clue about a lot of stuff. I don't know a lot about everything, but I have a half a clue about some stuff. And I'll do my very best to make sure that I answer it the best I can. So if you have any more questions, feel free to send them in. I want to answer your questions to the best of my abilities. And uh, this salad shooter thing going on up in Morro Bay, it's looking like it's going to happen. Unfortunately, I don't think we have a say in saving 
fishing anymore. I guess a bunch of the commercial guys is what I was told got paid off up there. So they all got paid. These uh, salad shooters are going to be set up out there. They're going to start by next whale migration. They'll, they'll be starting to kill the, the gray whales and the uh, humpback whales. That'll be the start of the slaughter of the whales, but it's okay. I guess now they don't matter anymore. Green energy, which we know isn't green is the only thing that matters anymore. So the slaughter of the whales is going to start sometime around the middle of next year, which is absolutely mind boggling to me because we, I always thought whales were super important to these uh, environmentalists, but now I'm coming up and learning that they are not that important. The only thing that's important is the amount of money that these people that are pushing this green agenda is what really, really, really matters. And the animals don't matter. And uh, you're going to, those of you that have never seen a dead whale float up on a beach, you're by the, by this time next year, you're going to get to start to see whales float up on the beach. So if that's something you excited about, you've never seen before, you're going to get to start seeing dead whales wash up on the beach along the California coast. And remember the prevailing wind and, and uh, current goes from Morro Bay to San Diego. So most of those whales that are going to get slaughtered up there by the windmills, those are going to end up floating down into uh, LA and Huntington Beach. And unbelievable. It just, it blows my mind. But one thing you won't see is anybody telling the truth. You won't hear the truth. You won't hear anybody. They're all terrified of the green people. They're all terrified of the environmentalists. And, and the funny thing is, is when I was a kid, and I'm only 61 years old, but when I was a kid, the environmentalists cared so much about the whales, like big time. There was T-shirts. There was parades. Save the whales, save the whales, save the whales. All of a sudden now whales don't matter. I don't understand. It just blows my mind. We, you are going to see the most unbelievable slaughter of the marine mammals that this world has ever seen. What's going on back east? They have it so covered up. And the big, big companies that are supposed to care, like uh, NOAA, they're getting paid off phenomenal. They're, they're standing on top of their soapbox going, all these whales that are washing up on the beach, it's not because of the wind. Well, it never happened before the windmills were built. It never happened before in the history of the planet. This never happened. So for you to stand there and tell me, all of a sudden now I know you're full of baloney. So I don't believe a thing that comes out of their mouth anymore because they're making a phenomenal amount of money off of this. So I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I'm just sharing real honest to God you are going to see the most unbelievable slaughter of whales that you you can't even comprehend. Countries that whale can't even kill the amount of whales that the United States of America is going to kill in the next couple of years. The amount of whales that been that have been slaughtered over there on the East Coast that's a that's a phenomenal number because you're seeing the ones that wash up on the beach, but you're not seeing the ones that don't wash up on the beach that are just out there floating around and. They want to pretend like, oh, it's caused by the, the lobster baloney. Those lobster fishermen never killed a whale ever. It never was, never happened. There's, all these whales started dying when these windmills were put off the beach 
outside of New Jersey and off the shores of New York. That's when this slaughter started to happen. And if you don't believe me, go look into what happened over in Great Britain when they built the windmills over there and how many marine mammals were slaughtered. And this is what's going to happen in Southern California because the California gray whale and the humpback whale have made the most phenomenal comeback of, besides the sea lion of any marine mammal in the history of the world. There's more humpbacks and more gray whales than there's ever been since they started counting them. And now... They're going to run into these giant windmills. They're going to run into those copper wires. They're going to run into those anchor lines. They're going to, their sonars that they're using to plant these windmills totally mess with the, the whale's sonar. And uh, it is going to be unbelievable the amount of animals that are going to die. And it's just so sad and I'm so pissed. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm really upset about it because uh, we can't. We can't go fishing in a bunch of areas now because of the MLPs, but then they're going to put these windmills out and just slaughter a phenomenal amount of animals that we had zero effect on. And your answer is stop Dave and his grandkids from fishing in Laguna. That's going to save the planet. But build windmills that are going to slaughter marine mammals like you can't even comprehend. And that's okay. Ah, Okay. Hey, Captain, do you have any spots you have fished in the past that were closed for rockfish that you caught your personal best on? Yes. The Cortez Bank in uh, 580 feet of water on my birthday, I caught a 42-pound lingcod on my 22nd birthday. And you can't fish those areas because it's part of the Calcod Conservation Zone right now. But yeah, out on the Cortez Bank, and we used to catch 50 to 100 rockfish on one line back then out there. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, that Cortez Tanner, 7090, the 43, all those places are really, really, really phenomenal fishing. And right now, the 14-mile bank, if I was you guys, I'd be fishing that 14 on the high spot with live mackerel because it's got to be crawling with lingcod. And I don't think anybody, I haven't heard of anybody doing it. I don't think anybody's doing it. And if you go and you watch my videos on how to fish for lingcod and you do all that and you go out there and you just fish straight mackerel and you get that thought process out of your head that I need to catch, catch five or six reds and, and the other stuff and you just fish straight live mackerel on a six-odd hook with a one-pound weight, you're going to start to see some phenomenal lingcod fishing. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be fun. You're going to love it. Thank you very much for the info. You're very, very welcome. You're very, very welcome. I try to share as much knowledge as I gather. We are going to all hope and pray that Kelly Girl joins us tomorrow. We are getting ready for a humongous vacation. We are leaving Saturday afternoon, and we're going to Kauai for 10 days. We're going over there, Kelly and I. Kelly's never been to Hawaii, so we're going to go over there. We're going to run... We're going to have this show every day, but we're going to be doing the interview with my dad. And I'm going to do the interview with Bud and Bogey. We're going to do some, some uh, reruns, if you will. The show is going to continue to go on. You're going to be able to see it. I'm going to be posting my videos, three videos a day, and the, and the podcast will be going, but it'll be a rerun. It won't be interactive, but you'll be able to hear more about the history of who I am, where I came from. I'm going to have a couple days with my pops. 
God rest his soul. And then a couple, three or four days with Bud and Bogey. And uh, it should be moving along good. But I'm hoping that Kelly has time to join us tomorrow. She's scrambling to get ready to go to Hawaii. I don't know if I didn't know it was, you had to have like a bunch of new outfits when you go on vacation. <laughs> I, but I guess you have to. It's important. I'm going to have like four T-shirts and four pairs of shorts when I go. The Grunion story was pretty good on huh, Josh. Yeah, that's a good story. We'll, maybe we'll tell that one again one day because we have a lot of brand new, uh, a lot of brand new members that have never heard the Grunion story. So that might be something to bring back. It's a pretty funny story. So uh, a guy named Rob's asking if I can make a detailed uh, map of the closed areas. And here's the deal, Rob. And here's, there's plenty of those things out there. There's plenty of ways to look at it. My thing is, my stuff is all about just teaching you how to fish, where to fish and what to fish for. And as far as getting into legal stuff, like the permits and everything for Mexico, and then to try to put out a, a mapping system of the closures, it throws up a liability thing. And I don't know if you see what's going on in the world today, but there are people that are just dying for you to make a mistake so they can jump on you. So as far as making maps of closures and stuff, there's companies that do that for a living. I'm not going to get involved in that. I don't want to be, I don't want you to go to court and say, well, I went to your saltwater guide and Dave said I could fish in here. And then you gave me a ticket for fishing in here. And then the next thing you know, we got a big bunch of, of legal problems and I'm not into that. I'm not going to do that. Not my deal. I'm sorry, Rob. I wish I could, but I just, when I talk to my team and I talk to Elliot and uh, we get into that legal thing, it just can't happen. I just can't do it. Gang, one more time. Do me a huge favor. Show me some support for the show. Down, Just grab this QR code with your phone. It'll take a couple seconds out of your busy day. I can see if you did or if you didn't. Just do it for me. Grab the Anchor, the Roasted Anchor Coffee Company QR code with your phone real quick right now. And just have that on your phone so you can order some of this phenomenal coffee. Show the love. Show the support from your saltwater guy. Order your guys up some of this coffee. Save the 15% on the coffee. You're drinking coffee anyway. And uh, I appreciate you downloading this QR code, gang. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. We've got a couple of people that can follow directions. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Just down, hit it with your phone. It's just like when you went to the restaurant and ordered food during the, that time going on two years ago. It's the same QR code. Don't be scared. Three people downloaded the QR code. The rest of you are terrified. We have 58 people watching and three people aren't afraid to. All right. Okay. I understand. It's scary. Okay. I will be here tomorrow. Hopefully my beautiful wife joins us. I, a couple more seconds. If you have a burning desire to send me a question, 949-374-0786. I want to answer your questions. I'm here for you. Um, if you don't have a question, if you can't send me in a question, if you don't, you could have won a free shirt. Got another, I'm going to pick the guy, pick, 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 pick the person that's going to win the shirt right now. 
Dun 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 dun. Aaron, you just won the shirt, buddy. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you for the question about the Channel Islands. I appreciate it because it allowed me to show everybody that I have a bunch of stuff going on up there. I have a lot of videos, hot spots videos, game plan videos, areas to fish in the Ventura, Santa Barbara area, also out at the Channel Islands. So, Aaron, I'm giving you a shirt. Aaron, I need you to send me the size that you wear and your address, and then Kelly Girl will order your shirt up and get it shipped out to you as soon as possible. Gang, once again, I am humbled by the amount of people that watch our show. I'm humbled about the amount of people that follow Kelly and I. I'm humbled by the amount of you that took the time out of your busy life to download my app on the App Store and be a part of and be a part of our website. And like I always tell everybody, and there's plenty of you on here today that are members of the website, I will never let you down. I will always answer the phone as long as I'm able to breathe. I will keep answering you and keep trying to help you so that you're successful when you go out fishing on your private boat. I promise I will never let you down. As long as you are a member of our website, I will never, ever let you down, gang. All right? And Aaron, don't forget to send that that uh, size and, and address to me. All right? Please. Be ready for tomorrow, 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We'll try to get Kelly Girl on the show. If not, we'll have a good show anyway. Thank you all very, very much for joining us today. I'm going to go back to answering comments. Gang, if you want... Oh, okay. I, I know what I wanted to tell you. If you guys want to have... Do you really want to laugh really, really hard? Go on to Facebook... And look at how to tie up your boat video. And if you watch the how to tie up your boat video, you will be blown away. You, it'll blow your mind of all the people saying, I don't have a clue how to tie up a boat. And then if you really want to laugh, watch how I answer them. Because you know me, I'm a pretty funny guy. Yes. Text me. You already text me once, Aaron. So text me again. Yep, text it to me, 949-374-0786. Thank you all for joining us today. I hope you had a good time. Enjoy your day, and I'll see you tomorrow.